you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? You guys sure look good. Well, yeah, yeah. You do look good. As you can tell, we do a little change into the stage here, guys. We're just in the middle of a kind of a remodel of our stage and moved our drum cage over there. I got tired of that stupid drummer behind me beating that drum. Uh, I'm just joking. But in a few weeks, you'll see we're redoing a whole stage. It's going to look so good and I'm so excited, I cannot wait. It's going to make me preach better. It's going to make me. Security. He is security. In your chair, there's a card. We've been asked for the last few weeks to fill this out. If you notice in the back, when you walked in today, there's a boat out there. And if you'll do me a favor, we are pinning those prayer cards to that boat. We're doing that to let you know that we're praying with you. That as you've filled out five names on that card to say, I'm going to invite them to come to church, we want you to know we're praying with you. That as you invite, they will hear, they will receive, and they will come. And we're believing on Easter because you invited those five friends. We're believing that they're going to give their heart and life to Christ. They're going to make this their home. That they're going to finally say, I want to start serving the Lord. Listen, 82% of those invited to church by a friend, family member, or co-worker will go. The number one reason in America why people don't go to church is they've never been asked. So for Easter, we're going to change that. For Easter, this year, we got an exciting service called On the Shore. It's going to be so good. It'll involve a little, a little drama. It's going to be great preaching. You already know that. Amazing praise and worship. Guys, it's going to be a great service that day. But we want you to know that if you just come and don't bring a friend, you're missing out. So we want you to bring someone that day with you to come and to be a part of this wonderful, wonderful service. Our first service will be Friday night, Good Friday. We're going to have a service here at 7 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be amazing, okay? For some of you who just can't get up on, in the morning time to come to church, that'll be a great service for you to come to. And then on Sunday morning, we've got 8.30, 10 o'clock, 11.30, and 1 p.m. for our Easter services. Please put it down. For our kids, they're going to have an amazing time. They're having a treasure hunt outside. They're going to be getting candy and eggs and all of that. Our kids are going to have ball. They're going to have moon bounces and all of that stuff. It's going to be a great day. There's only one thing that you need to do. Let me take that back. I lied. Two things. Come and bring someone with you. That's it. And you may be the very reason someone changes their life. Amen. Amen. I got to tell you what happened to me this morning. I was on the way to the other campus to preach, and while I'm driving there, I'm in deep in thought about my sermon and about the services, and as I'm driving down the road, uh, I just happened to all of a sudden look down at my speedometer, and I was doing 129. 129. My response was, what? So I, start, I started thinking for a second. I said, like, wait a minute, this may be a problem. So I started, here, here's where my mind went. Uh, okay, if they pull me over, what am I going to say? 
That's what I started thinking. How am I going to say this? I'm on my way to the hospital. There's a church member that really needs me. I'm literally thinking in my mind what I'm going to, shut up. Nobody ask you, Brady. What am I going to say to get forgiveness for this? But I forgot one thing. I needed to slow down. So I'm like, oh. Then finally I looked at my speedometer. It had gotten changed. It was kilometers instead of miles per hour. So for some of you that were judging me for doing 130, forget you. I was not doing 130. I started thinking about that. The, the funny thing in my mind was I literally started thinking about how I was going to get forgiveness before I actually slowed down. That's how it is many times with forgiveness. We want the forgiveness. We just don't want the change. We want the forgiveness, but we don't want to stop doing what we're doing. We want the forgiveness because we feel bad, but we don't feel bad enough to quit the junk that is in our lives. I thought, wow. It, it, it led me to a passage. I want to go, go to Romans chapter 5, verse 20, and we'll actually read over into Romans chapter 6. The author says here, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now go over to Romans chapter 6 verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now, I want to read this today, Romans 6, in the message form. It gives it a little bit more bite, maybe a little bit more understanding. This is what it says in the message form. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? That's the way we think. God, I'm just helping you out. I know you're a gracious, forgiving God, so I'm just giving you the opportunity to be gracious and forgiving. Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving. Listen to this. I should hope not. If we left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. We went under the water. We left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into a new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism into this life of Jesus means. We are lowered into the water. It is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. 
Each of us is raised into a life-filled world by our Father so we can see where we were going in the new grace sovereign country. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the word we're about to receive, and I pray the Lord our hearts and minds will be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. And let not one, not one, leave this service the same way that they came. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Should we keep on sinning because where sin abounds, much more does grace abound. In other words, the author says here that no matter how much sin there is, God's grace is always more, more plentiful, more abundant. That God's grace is always more than the sin that is in this world. But what he says then is this, but hold on, wait a minute. What he really said, I know what you're thinking. Some of you just think this way. You're thinking, well, if grace abounds more where sin is, should I not sin more so I can have more grace? That's what some of you are thinking. And Paul, can I paraphrase real quick for him what he really was saying? No, you idiot. That's stupid thinking. That makes no sense. We just keep on sinning so there will be more grace? No. In other words, what he's saying is, is this, that listen, once you have received forgiveness, it should move you from where you were to the place he wants you to be. So it changes. So I'm going to give you three points today. Number one, write this down. Receiving forgiveness means releasing what caused you to need forgiveness. Receiving forgiveness means releasing what caused you to need forgiveness. In other words, I'm not talking about what Paul said when he said, forgetting those things which are behind and striving for the prize that lies ahead. And in other words, what Paul was saying is, is quit thinking about what you did wrong. Quit letting it be in your mind. I'm going to have to get used to this drum cage being over here because I keep thinking there's a good-looking guy standing over there. Paul... Squirrel, Paul is not just saying that. What Paul is saying is, is listen, you cannot have been forgiven but keep living where you were. See, for some of us, you you love this whole sermon series on forgiveness university because it's making you feel better about what you've done. But the problem is that forgiveness isn't just the right to keep sinning and keep doing what you're doing. If I were to walk up, bring up uh, right here for me, you know, Brian, and say, Brian, pow, and slap him across the face. I mean, who would do something like that? I mean, nobody would do something like that, especially on TV and at Oscars. But anyway, (laughs) y'all know I was going to say it today. I asked my wife today if I could actually start out with that. She said, you can't do that. It's too fresh. I bet it's fresh on Chris's face too. But anyway, if I brought Brian up here and I slapped him against the head and then went, oh, Brian, I'm sorry. Nope, don't. Say, Brian, I'm sorry. Man, I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that. What? And hit him again. Brian, I'm sorry. Man, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. I said, what? 
Palm again the head again. And Brian, I'm sorry. First of all, Brian kept standing there. He's an idiot. He's a stupid idiot. That's, that's your fault, Brian. Move. Then I go to say, Brian, I'm sorry. But as I'm saying, Brian, I'm sorry, I, re I reach up my hand. Do you think Brian forgives me? No, because Brian knows what's coming. Brian knows that it's coming again. I'm about to hit him again. Listen, let me say something to you today that, that we need to realize that when we've asked God to forgive us of something, then you've got to release what you've done and not do it again. That's true forgiveness. It means doing a 180 degree turn and going the other way. Not what I heard a preacher say one day. He said, God forgives you and you need to do a 360 degree turn. That leads you right back to where you're going. When I ask God to forgive me, I'm going this way. God, I then say, God, forgive me. I've got to go another way. But what happens many times is we won't release what we got forgiveness for. And the problem is, is then we are assured we will do it again. In fact, let me say this. I don't even know if you get forgiveness. Now, I'm not saying you do something and then down the road you mess up and do it again. I'm not saying that. But when you have an idea that, I'm asking for forgiveness of something, knowing that I'm going to do it again on purpose. Listen, is God even forgiving you? We have to learn in our life to release of what we've been holding on to so we can move to the next step that God has for us. Amen. Number two, write this down. Receiving forgiveness means relocating from what caused you to need forgiveness. Let me say that again. Receiving forgiveness means relocating from what caused you to need forgiveness. In other words, not only am I going to let it go and, and release it, then I'm going to move away from it. Amen. Heard a guy tell me one day after he was, an, he was an alcoholic most of his life, and he said just to make sure that I could overcome that alcoholism, he said every once in a while I'd go to a bar and have them pour Jack Daniels, and I'd sit there in front of him and see if I could resist it. You idiot. I mean, that ain't smart at all. It's like having a crush on me and wanting to hang around with me all the time. That would be too hard and too tempting. You couldn't do it. It would be impossible. Amen, Lord. Uh, as she said. You have to. See, in other words, when we ask God to forgive us, what God does in his grace and his mercy and in his righteous holy power is that God takes us out of the sin of where we are and relocates us to another place. I am no longer the sinner that I used to be. I am no longer the person that I used to be. I am no longer controlled by what used to control me. I have now moved into a land of grace. Now, to live in the land of grace doesn't mean that I live in a land that I keep being able to do what I do and get by with what I'm doing. To move in the land of grace means God brought me out of where I was and put me where I could be blessed. The problem with some of you is you want to keep going back and think you can overcome. You want to keep going back. I, I never forget we had a lady come to the church one day and uh, she'd been, she gotten saved here and she struggled with drugs. And, and the problem was is that she was such a good customer that her drug dealer started coming to her house and they would yell outside her window trying to come, get her to come out and buy drugs. 
Finally, told her, I said, you're probably going to have to move. I don't know if you can still stay where you are and overcome what you had to overcome. See, some of you, God saved you, redeemed you, forgave you, brought you out of your old way of life, but you keep going back there. God's forgiveness wasn't just to keep being doing over and over and over again. God's grace was to bring you out of that junk, out of that miry clay, out of that thing that had a stronghold on you. God brought you out of that and brought you to a new place where you could be blessed, have joy, have peace. But you got to allow God to bring you out of that. Why do you want to keep going back? It's like that old girlfriend that it's been years now and you start having fond memories of her. Oh man, I don't, I, I don't know why we broke up. I don't understand. That was a great relationship. She was so pretty. She's so pretty. She's a good kisser. Yeah. I don't quite understand why we broke up. And then one day you see her in the mall and you go, oh, that's why we broke up. She cray cray. She loco. I ain't going back. You see, some of you, the further you get away from where you used to be in the middle of that sin, you forget what that sin did to you. See, that location in your life, there may be fond memories. And see, that's what sin does. There is always good stuff out of sin. If sin wasn't so fun, you wouldn't have such a problem going back. And the further you get away from that sin, the many times you forget the bad parts and only remember the good parts. And it's not until you go back into that same location of sin that you realize, oh, this is the price that I pay. Forgiveness brings me out of that way of life and sets me into the land of grace. In other words, the author says this. He said, you were living in the land of sin, of depression, of sadness, of destruction, of death. And when you went to God and asked God's forgiveness, he plucked you up out of the midst of the miry clay and put you into a new life that you could be blessed and honored, have joy, and have peace. But for some reason, we will stroll back over to the location of our sin, and I don't know why. God's brought you out of that. God doesn't want you there. That's not what God has in store for you. Forgiveness isn't a license to keep getting forgiveness and to keep getting God's grace. God doesn't want you where you were. God wants you where he wants you to be. Number three, receiving forgiveness means realizing what caused you to need forgiveness. Receiving forgiveness means realizing what caused you to need forgiveness. He said, or did you not realize we packed up and left there for good? I flew back in this week from the East Coast. I've been on the phone talking and I was kind of distracted and they came over the intercom and says flight such in 35 or 39 something whatever is about to board and so I walk up to the, the place and standing there waiting for him to call. And so then I realized something. I didn't have my luggage. And I'm like, where's my luggage? What happened to my luggage? Then it hit me, I went to the bathroom. So I ran down to the bathroom, 
Went into the stall that I was in. You probably didn't need that information. Went in the, the stall that I was in. It, it, it wasn't there. Ran back upstairs. I'm looking over. I can't find my luggage. Finally, I found one of the guys that were at the airport. I said, hey, listen, I can't find my luggage. I, I, I don't know what's happened. I said, what do I need to do? And he said, well, go tell your, the ticket counter and let them know. So I walked up and said, listen, can you call real quick to Lawson Found and see if they found a bag? So she called. She said, Mr. Leggett, they didn't find a bag. I said, well, what do I, what do, I do? I said, I'm about to board. Actually, she said something to me. She said, well, you can just wait for a second. I said, I'm about to board that flight. She goes, that's a problem. And I said, well, if y'all find it, can you just do me a favor? Can you mail it to me? She said, no. I said, well, if you find it, can you just put it on the next plane and I'll get it? She said, no. I said, well, what are you going to do? She said, well, if you don't reclaim it in 10 days, we throw it away. She said, or you can fly back if we find it. And I said, I am not coming all the way back here to reclaim luggage, just some, some clothes and a pair of shoes. I ain't doing it. It ain't worth it. I want you to listen to this. Or don't you realize we've packed up and left there for good? I'm not going to fly back all the way to the Carolinas for some clothes. It's not worth the trip to get that baggage. Some of you, you keep going back to the place that you needed forgiveness to look at the luggage and the baggage that you left behind. And it ain't worth it. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and striving for the prize that lies ahead. For some of you, listen to me. Stop finding a reason to go back to where you used to be. Stop finding a reason to go to the land of sin and unforgiveness. Stop finding a reason to leave the land of grace that God's put you in. See, let me say this to you. When God puts you in the land of grace, there are some things you must leave behind. It may be some people. It'll be some faults. It'll certainly be some actions and some words. But see, many times when we think of forgiveness and think of grace, it's just about talking about being let off the hook. When God's grace and God's forgiveness isn't just to let you off the hook, it is to move you to a new place in your life where God can use you and bless you and bring everything that you need. But you cannot live in both lands. You either live in the land of grace or you live in the land of sin. And you got to make the decision. What gets you from here to here is God's forgiveness and God's grace. But some of you want to keep going back. You left a package in the old land, in the old house. Listen, I'm not going back. I'll just buy me some more pants and some more shoes. Probably need it anyway. I've got more muscular since then. I worked out once.
for some of you, let me say this. You are abusing God's grace. He deserves better. The sad part is you've been abusing a lot of people too. You keep saying, you keep proclaiming, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Then let your words of sorrow be followed by your actions of no more. And let it not be just to those who, listen, if, you, if you've hurt someone's feelings, stop hurting their feelings. If you've done something wrong to someone, stop doing, being, doing things wrong to them. But can I tell you, even worse than that is what you do to your God. If you want God's forgiveness, then you must get God's future. And to get God's future from God's forgiveness, it's not always the way you want it. It's the way he wants it for you. And some of those things you've been holding on to, God says, are not yours anymore. It's time to let it go and put it behind you. It's time to live in the land of grace. It is so far better than the land of sin. And if you would choose it today, what God can do in your life. I want you to stand with me. I want everyone to bow their head, close their eyes. If you're here today and you're, you're struggling with the sin that you keep committing over and over again, you know you shouldn't, you keep trying, you, you, you really do feel bad and you, wanna, you want God's forgiveness. And you're a Christian, you love Jesus, but there's just something in your life that you just keep struggling with. And you have to keep going back to God asking forgiveness. Well, today you want to be freed from that once and for all. I want you to raise your hand. Amen. 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 Lord, I pray for all the hands that are raised that, Lord, you would break this cycle off their life, this addiction, that this land of sin that they keep returning to. Lord, I pray today in Jesus' name that they would realize the land of grace is so more blessed than the land of sin. Forgive them today, Lord, of their sins and their ways. In Jesus' name we pray. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, today's the day of salvation. He loves you. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and wonderful love. Believe that he is the son of the living God. Died on a cross for you, rose on the third day. And with your mouth, confess him, Lord, of your life, and you shall be saved. If you're here today and you would like to invite Jesus Christ into your heart and to your life, then I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Is there anyone else? Today's the day of salvation. Don't let this moment pass you by. He loves you and accepts you just the way you are. Is there anyone else? Well, I've had one raise their hand. Give God praise. I want all of you, not just the one that raised their hand, but I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. As there's a new name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and Savior of my life forever and ever. Amen. Give God praise today. We are so happy that you joined us today. Here at Compassion, we value family, which means we value you. 
If there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something, please make sure that you let us know. You guys have a great week and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.